is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to us later on the podcast platform of your choice. Wherever you are listening, we love it. We absolutely we love it. it. We, we love it. Love we it. love all those sites. No problems. No notes. On any <laughs> yeah, of those I, can, I can't think of any downsides about any sites of the internet at all. To be honest, I think it's wow. all Safe wonderful. Safe space. And, no yeah, stress. It's great. In any case, and actually relatedly, I think one of my favorite sites is iTunes.com. Wow, it's a good podcast. I love that place. You're always hanging around. Look at iTunes right now. Love iTunes. Great place to find music. Also, great place to find podcasts. Also. A great place to rate and subscribe to our podcast. And something we haven't done this for a little while, but we asked folks to leave us a rating, five stars, and a comment. And in the comment, request a book, a graphic novel, a comic book, either current or old, that you want us to review on our stack podcast, which you want us to fight about, basically. Yeah, well, we'll we'll agree. We'll see what happens. But we do have a new comment here that I wanted to read. This is from K Grimes Mm -hmm. 2 says, been a Patreon supporter of the show for months now and thought I'd leave a review to praise your guys' work, make a suggestion, and request a book review. The chemistry the three of you have is excellent. You play off each other incredibly keeping things light while also managing to make quality content reviewing comic books. One suggestion I have is mention the title of the book you're reviewing more as you're reviewing it. You mentioned the oh, title solid. of the book before you start reviewing, and if you don't recognize it, I forget the title. But then if you sell me on the book during the review of it, and I decide I want to check it out, I have to rewind the show oh, to figure man. out what I, you were that talking is about. Annoying. I'll give you Well, that. you know what? It's kind of like the how old school comics, every couple of sentences, they would say their names again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, Captain <laughs> America, I agree. <laughs> me, Pete, I know what you're okay. talking about. And Justin, do you have the same thought? Yes, um, Alvin. Oops. Uh, oh. It's it's funny let's, actually because we did start this again. podcast as three chipmunks and then it morphed into a uh, comic book podcast. So yeah, you. and we have a clear example of who's the Alvin, who's the Simon, and the Theodore. Right? Let's all <laughs> let's all say it in our heads, but not out loud. Ever say it out loud? Never. We do have one more thing that Kay Grimes to wrote. He says, "I'd like to request a review of Mark Millar and Terry Dodson's miniseries for Marvel Trouble." It's a oh. Rob Cobb and the art's great. So I think Pete should have a good time and Alex yeah. and Justin should have a good time discussing the controversy that the book stirred. Aunt May being Peter Parker's biological mother. Keep up the great work. Well, well K Grimes. That sounds like trouble. It does it's sound like trouble. It's not Kate Grimes. It's Kate Grimes too, bro. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Kate Grimes too. Thank you so much for the suggestion. We appreciate it. Thank you for leaving the rating. We are, in fact, going to review Trouble on uh, this week's Stack oh, Podcast. Boy. Yep. Oh, boy. That should, should be, be I'm fun. sure that'll be Absolutely. I agree with both Justin and Pete, as well as Alvin, on this. Why don't we move on? Because we've got a ton of guests here nice. in the show tonight. I'm going to find our first one here. He is the creator of Digital, a new comic book that released its second issue, uh, recently, I believe I may have the dates wrong, but his name is Rich, Rod- Rich Watkin. Excuse me, he's coming to us from the UK, so it's Woo-hoo. late night for him. Yes, get him in here. Get it. We gotta tuck him in. Yes, we do. <laughs> this is how we do the podcast. This is the second week in a row. I think we've had a UK creator. Yeah, nice. Uh, and our main Run goal is to the get pond. them to bed on time. Yeah, that's what we're all about. <laughs> gotta get your eight hours in, gang. 
Absolutely. Actually, while we are waiting here, I will say Digital Chapter 3 uh, is currently on Kickstarter, 26 days to go. When you convert the money, there's a cute little conversion symbol here. Ooh. It's uh, a $4,095 goal. He has $2,731 of it. Solid. Him well so far. Nice. Yeah. Kicking okay. butt. Yeah. Hey, uh, Justin, I saw that hat on the TV. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, you'll see a lot of my clothes, my real life clothes. Um, and, uh, do you want to uh, explain what you're talking about for the podcast? Yeah, listeners? I did some light pornography and Pete has been <laughs> and I wear my own clothes. Uh, no, um, the show I uh, that's weird. On... That's one of the <laughs> that's <laughs> weird. Porn, I gotta say is that's weird. I... Not wearing clothes. <laughs> no, but you start. You gotta give oh, them you, the, you gotta give them a little dramatic arc, uh, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, he's still gonna be wearing clothes. Oh, he's not. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, that's just a little bit of the mystery. No, the show I work on, 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Um, I've made several appearances on it. Um, the fa- season finale airs this Thursday at 11 p.m. Woo-hoo. on True TV. Um, but if you haven't seen it at all, please check it out. You can download it for like 20 bucks on Amazon the whole season. And it's a it's, fun watch. It's worth it. It's a fun laugh out loud uh, event. I had I had a blast. Yeah, I'll I'll say I'm one episode behind, but it was oh, very nice boo. seeing you yeah. on screen. Can I can yeah. I ask you while we're waiting for Rich here? Can I ask you for an yeah. inside secret? Yes. On 101 ways to die. Ways to die. What? No. 101 no. places I mean, to party before we'll, you die. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that's next season. So there's an episode where they're getting a tattoo for Pally's birthday, Portland, and they yeah. do a montage of them asking you. Uh, if this is the, people keep recommending places to get exactly tattoos, fine. and they're like, "Are we going to go there?" And you're like, "Nope, that's not the place." Yeah. The last place they say is a walk-in. Was it really a walk-in, or was that actually the place they were supposed to get the tattoo? Um, we had. They didn't know that we were going there, but we, the producers, had booked the spot. Okay, so it was a surprise for them, but not uh, to us. And I was the the be- one of the most fun things about that time is we we go in and Pally doesn't he. Gaber's had his tattoo idea picked out. Pally's like, I don't know what I'm going to get. And he's like, you know, I want to get something New York-y, Chrysler building. He goes through, the artist is like, draws a sketch of the Chrysler building. And he's pointing at it, and he holds up his sunglasses to point to where he wants it on his body. And then he looks at his sunglasses and is like, oh, you know what? Could you just tattoo my sunglasses on my arm? And then <laughs> Hey, welcome! That was just enough time to bring Rich in. Rich, hello. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. long-time listener, first-time caller. I've always wanted to say that. Oh, hell yeah. Not a very British thing to say. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. First of all, sweet Spider-Man cover in the background there. Thanks Uh, very much. We always like to talk about everybody's uh, backdrops. Why that cover in particular? Uh, This was a present when we moved into our latest house so um we have a like a companion piece for it it's a another j scott campbell cover from like a spider-man number one and uh, we had a little somehow had a little bit of spare money left over when we moved in and there's a, a, an amazing art shop where we live and they have these signed stan lee prints and it's wow. just like cool uh, this is what we're doing and it's going right up there so that's there awesome. we are yeah 
Awesome. It looks great. Uh, Well, let's talk about digital, as we mentioned earlier, and as we're now mentioning titles as much as humanly possible. Thank you, K Grimes, too. Uh, The third issue is currently on Kickstarter. We got a peek at the first two, and they're very cool. I feel like, without touching too much on the concept, I feel like they're at least mildly inspired by Alien. Would you say that's right, or is that not one of the touch points? No, actually, 100%, uh, but not just Alien. It's kind of really kind of intrinsically covered with classic sci-fi uh that was like a really big thing that we wanted to do is kind of like yeah with brand brand new creators people don't know us we need to kind of make something familiar and so having these kind of nods all the way through to kind of like classic sci-fi like in the first few panels he's talking about you know the the netflix sort of thing want him to watch uh blade runner um but there's there's things all the way through it Not, not just sci-fi but like classic 80s now i know you guys well certainly um big top gun fans um (laughs) (laughs) truth wow Uh, we don't ever highway to the danger zone baby let's do it i don't know how it's gonna take too long there's there's mention uh when they're looking for like code names for all the characters and uh noose one of the characters says oh i want to be called maverick uh, but his real name is Mitch, Peter, uh, Mitchell Peters. Oh, which wow. Pete nice. Mitchell, the other way around. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Nice. Now, let yeah, me ask so. you real quick. The, the the title of the first issue is Pray to Your Gods and Hold On to Your Dicks. Um, I have already – that's going on my tombstone, so I feel weird <laughs> to see it here. Um, uh, what did you come up with that title? I, I've been thinking about kind of like – something catchy like i mean what the idea yeah exactly like the the very first panel is like it throws you straight into a war zone like you're not kind of like here we are setting up the story setting up the story it's kind of like right you're in go and this is one of the lines from in in the book and i just thought you know what i think people remember that one i'm gonna go with that (laughs) agreed uh, we'll talk about this world a little bit. Like you said, it's it does feel, I actually meant more aliens, I think, than alien. But yes. there's a lot yes. of other sci-fi influences, as you're mentioning, going in here. So what's the basic concept of the book, would you say? How would you break it down? Yeah, I mean, it, it was sort of intentionally um, not like an overdone trope about sci-fi, but something that people would feel familiar with. So this kind of fact that we live in a world where we're so over-reliant on technology you know, it does absolutely everything for us already. And this is kind of, we're always pushing that, pushing it one step further until at some point, inevitably, you know, it's been driven into us since like the 50s. Something's going to go wrong and they're going to take over at some point. And it's what takes to get you to that point. And then how do we react to it? You know, we kind of live in this, this digital world where it, it, everything's handed to you on a plate, you know, can you imagine like 20 years ago saying like a mobile phone would have a camera on it, we would have all the internet, it would be able to drive you places. And this is so, it's to put you in this position where you're a little bit further down the line and it's going to come and fuck you over. I love that because a lot of these sci-fi stories that you're talking about, their seeds were like conceived in like the 50s where they were like, this microwave oven is going to be trouble for us. <laughs> and now we're like literally about to put chips in our brains probably. And they were like, I don't know. It seems fine. And they they would be terrified. All those uh, authors from back in the day. 
The wow. other thing that I thought was very fun about this book is it's pretty much nonstop action sequences throughout, yeah. again, at least what I've seen. So talk about scripting that a little bit, just in terms of when you're putting together the book, how you arc it out, how you arc out an action sequence. Yeah, it comes from sort of a two-part thing. So probably closer to you guys as well. Like I'm, I went to film school, so instantly things were always very visual for me. Um, I, I had this kind of mantra in my head that like every panel is prime real estate on a page so make it mean something and it doesn't have to be dialogue but what what dialogue you've got make it mean something but if it's going to be action do exactly what you want it to see and we worked really hard on together kind of like carving out these pictures and what they look like so I put a certain amount of the script I mean I've, the artist on the first two books is not able to kind of carry on, but we kind of worked really hard with him on kind of making it feel cinematic, making you kind of feel that you could kind of be with these people and understand them in a very short space of time. Cause you don't know these characters. They're not kind of like 60 years of Marvel lore or anything like that. These are kind of brand new characters and you kind of have to jump in and kind of like hold on. Well, I, uh, I think it, it really, it, the book is so dynamic, like you're, you're saying. And I think that's one of the hardest things to sort of put into the book. It's like a bunch of, tiny steps you have to do with i like in some of the pages you have like off kilter panels uh the dialogue comes in different ways um do you like you're saying you were working with the artist how did you like nuts and bolts actually get into that were you literally micromanaging the that the like oh let's have this panel be askew no do you know what absolutely probably the opposite uh, a lot of it was to do with the conversations we had before we went into kind of production so we had a, like a really long conversation about everything, the entire arc. So we knew the characters before it kind of came to laying these things down. We understood kind of like the overall story. Um, and I just put the, the kind of the basics down, just said, look, this is a place for you to express yourself. I'm no artist. I'm absolutely fucking terrible at drawing. I'd love <laughs> to do it myself. You know, I'd love to put the coloring in there, you know, but this is an expression. I'm not going to hold you back. If you've got something great and it was a case of throwing down the pencils, giving us ideas, this is what you want. And every now and again, you know, you need to tweak some bits, but you know, this is a creator owned project. And that was the whole point of kind of letting us express each, uh, our own thing sort of thing. So we, we did the words, uh, Zach and I, and then we let Flavio do all the pictures and kind of let it run from there. Well, I got to say, man, uh, I chewed through these first two issues. This was really uh, fantastic. Yeah, I man. love the action. I love the pace that you're Thank going you. at here. Um, and man, the what happens at the second issue is who the that, that's it, it hits you in the junk to uh, you know be a little bit more PC <laughs> about your uh, you know. But I just think that like about your what, Pete? Sorry, I'm just not. About his title, you know what I mean? I don't want to say it hit me in the dick. Uh, You know, I want to be more inclusive and say junk so everybody can, you know, enjoy what's happening. You know what I mean? That's Uh, true. Way to make it across all uh, genders by saying junk. By saying junk, you know what I mean? It really opens things up (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, as someone who kind of created and helped with this uh, really uh, just action-paced and kind of known as safe, what was some of your favorite images that you got back or some of your things that really kind of blew you away as someone who helped bring this to life? Yeah, I mean, actually, um, if you go back, you were showing the first issue, there was that kind of larger kind of sentinel 
uh, AI yeah, character yeah. taking yeah. on against one of like our, our big guy, you know, like our muscle. Um, that turned out absolutely fantastically. And it was slightly different to how I'd written it on the page as well. So when we saw the images, it was mind blowing. It's like, what I had was good. This is really fucking brilliant. So that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just yeah, let you really great. from now on. Um, and in the second issue, there's a absolutely killer double page spread. Um, there's kind of like panels built into it. Um, and it's a brand new world and these characters are kind of looking up into this expanse um, and the way it kind of flows through there it was just like this is this is real this is like a thing that I wrote someone has understood what it's supposed to look like and now it looks like this and it's fucking cool <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> now this is sort of a perennial question that i ask particularly with kickstarter projects but you're going into your third issue now you have that live so what have you learned from doing the first issue successfully to the second issue to now the third issue in terms of like the writing has to be different every single time i think writing one issue is easy enough you can kind of i'm not i'm not blowing my own trumpet like i'm not you can bottle lightning right <laughs> so it's then how do you then move it after that because it blew my mind that like people like what i'd written and what we put together it's like you know what happens next oh you give a shit that's uh it's really <laughs> fucking cool okay well uh, i best go and get my ass in gear and, and write another one um so it's then the first issue was supposed to be balls to the wall and this and it's it's all about escaping earth and the second one is then right okay we've got these characters in space who don't know each other like what the fuck do you do when you don't know random people and the world is dead right and plus you also know that up on your ship one of you might not be human yeah i mean exactly. that, that was kind a of fun tension real sense yeah. to... that's the way i felt about this podcast exactly and for years. <laughs> <laughs> turns out none of us are human but you know whatever. <laughs> Alvin! Um, so yeah <laughs> it was really understanding like how do you move from one place to another because like you could write an all-action sort of story and that's not what it's supposed to be it's that's the backdrop of this um, like the title digital is really intentionally um, ironic. Um, you know, we don't really live in a yes, no, black, white sort of world. It's all about the things that happen in between those. And it's called digital because, you know, you've got the muscle, you've got our big character bear who has this stutter, this sort of you know imperfection that people don't kind of associate with the big muscly guy, you know, and it's all about, these characters that look like they're one thing and should follow a path actually are just people who do their own thing and have their own like foibles and nuances. And they're just a bit weird in some ways, you know? So it's, it's kind of been able to kind of like, actually we set the scene. Now we made them paranoid as fuck. Now it's like, how do you work out what to do? Like you, you're, the earth that you grew up on has been pretty much destroyed and taken over. What do you do with it next? Like, this is the exploration is like, do you go back and get killed or try and be heroes? Do you explore what's out there? Or do you try and do something in between? And uh, that's the kind of what we're aiming for now is to 
explore more about these characters, find out about their motivations, where they came from, um, and whether there's more to them or not. Awesome. Cool. Could you cool. talk a little bit about what people can expect if they pledge the Kickstarter? Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. So, I mean, some of it's kind of quite quite standard. We've got, but we've got some very, very cool artists. So uh, we've got a new art team on. We've got Alex Patterson and Keely Mickelson, who are our brand new ongoing artists. Um, so Flavio, who did the art uh, on the previous ones, he is now going to do some covers for us from time to time. He's only left because he was just stacked out with having too much stuff on, yeah. uh, which is a real shame because he helped develop this world into kind of what we know as now. But sure. uh, he's going to stick around. He's still helping us out. Uh, so we've got some variant covers. We've got some, we've got a metal cover for the first time ever, which is kind of yeah. cool. Uh, we've got some original art. We've got uh, custom Funko Pops of our characters, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and we've also got the chance to be in the book. So, like, there Ooh. is one of our rewards where you can be in it as one of our characters. So uh, that's really cool. We we had two, but one of those is already gone. So, um, there it is. yeah, it's really cool. And I so, just want to throw yeah. out there, I really like the design of the book as well. Just the design of the logo, the way the covers are laid out, which I feel like people downplay that a little bit. But, you know, as we may be talking about with some book on our stack, I don't want to say which one, you kind of can judge a book by the cover. So <laughs> getting to see this, it's uh, it's good stuff. It looks really yeah. good. Yeah, it's all about yeah, the details. <laughs> yeah, it's really. And that's the thing, like, I can't draw at all. Like I said before, I can't draw. I just know what looks right. So I'm kind of like, can you do that with it? Can you change that up there? Can you move that over there? And eventually it's like, yeah, that's cool. That's exactly how it should be. And it's, everything just kind of clicks. So yeah, it's very cool. Awesome. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you staying up late with us. Uh, good luck with the Kickstarter, though. No I don't think you need it. I think you're going to do great. Yeah, you're going to get no. it. <laughs> really, good, really good book. Cool, guys. Thanks All for right. Thanks, Great Rich. to see you guys. Yeah. Take Bye. care. All right. Uh, once uh -huh. again, the book is called Digital. It is on issue three is on Kickstarter now from Rich Watkin. Definitely check that out. It's cool stuff. Yeah. First two issues were great. They certainly yeah. were. All right. We are going to recognize. Um, recognize. We're going to recognize. recognize. We're going to recognize. We're going to recognize. We're let's take a moment. I know you're probably going to do this for trivia later, but let's take a moment to recognize Mikhail Gorbachev and his. Oh wow, dude! What the fuck are you doing? The right history now? of the uh, history of the world. In fact, sorry, I didn't want to blow up your spot. I'm sure you're going to do him for your, your secret movie quiz, right, Pete? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, Pete just had to take a second to rewrite trivia. He took yeah, Mikhail just... out in his appearance in some parody movie. I'm sure. Yeah, Hot Shots Part Deux. All there right, why don't is. we bring in our next guests, guests here, excuse me, because we have a bunch of them. Yes. We've got Quinn Johnson, Robert Q. Atkins, and Carolyn Shuda, all for Elders of the Runestone. Yeah. Hey, the whole team's here. Hello. <laughs> look at this. We look like the Brady Bunch. I love it. <laughs> uh, nice. Thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for talking about this book. So you've got the Fifth issue of the book is just live, right? Recently, uh, the sixth one just came out. Sixth one just came actually out. as part of this podcast, we being we knew we were going to be on the podcast, and so we launched it today. Uh, so, all right, yeah, it's Go out. Get it. Go, Go get it. Oh so, yeah, 
Awesome. Well, I, I love how you've rolled out this book. So not to talk about the business part of it first, sure. but just, uh, well, uh, but I think it's really interesting, you know, just as we're talking about like different ways people roll out comic books, you have, and this is a weird way of saying this, but like a very smooth, well-run website. What I feel oh, like a lot of times, lot, <laughs> no, but it's important. Wow. Like it's your primary marketing tool. And a lot of people are like, well, I tweeted about it a bunch of times. That's good. Right. And that's pretty much it. But uh, talk about that a little bit, just in terms of setting that up, setting it up to feel like its own legit indie publisher, which it is, of course. But again, yeah. I think a lot of people just have those links there, and that's pretty much it. Well, thank you. Well, that you know, that makes me feel good that a you actually looked at the website. That means that you know, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's working. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, sorry, yeah. your website is youtube.com, right? Everyone yes, that. yes. Okay, just yeah, really great. Pat's on eventually, but yeah, uh, we own that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, so when we, so when we, I mean, so with the comic, the, the Elders of the Runestone series has been something that we've been, Robert and I have been working on for a long, long, long time. And, and we knew, you know, we kind of had a plan, okay, when we, and we actually finally, after working on it for several years, we finally launched it in December last year. Um, with the first four issues, we just launched them all at the same time. And, and, um, and as part of that, you know, we knew that there were certain things we needed to do to, cause, cause I think the worst thing you can do is be like, Hey, there's this cool thing. And then not give people a really clear, simple way to just to find it. Right. Um, yeah. and so, so that was kind of our big thing that we've always done is, is everything that we put out there always, always, always has the website as like the main thing. You don't want to give people 8 million different links to a billion different things. It's like, just go to the website and it'll take you where you need to go. So that was a big priority. And so, yeah, so I, I just worked on that website and, and um, just built it bit by bit. And, and uh, so I'm glad that you, that you liked the way it came out, you know, hopefully it's, it's fun to look at. And, you know, of course the artwork that, that Robert does and, and that Caroline will do, we'll talk a little about that. Um, and some, you know, some of the artists is just amazing, which of course makes it look really good. And that's always, that's always good. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that that's. No, I think it does. And that's the website club is over. Let's talk. <laughs> uh, tell us Boring. about the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know, Robert, feel free to jump in whenever, but um, so I, I got the first idea for this story clear back when I was in ninth grade. So that's longer oh, ago. Wow. It's one of those stories. So, yeah. Last yeah. year or? Like first, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. um, and so, yeah, I mean, so, and I just, the characters were, you know, and this is something that I, I think a lot of people do just to try to make the characters more uh, engaging. But I, but I based the characters heavily on me or people I knew, at least in certain aspects. Um, and, and so it just became a very, personal uh story for me and then when i went to and so i was kind of developing it it was funny because like i always I, you know i've drawn my whole life and i was considered pretty good when i was like in high school or, or junior high and and then uh and then i went to the savannah college of art and design which is where i met robert and uh and for me i was it was me looking around going uh everybody here is like a million times better than i will ever be <laughs> and uh and so I just, so I, so over time I just, and I had met Robert by that time and I was like, Hey, uh, you're really an awesome artist. Uh, how, and plus we had become really, really close friends. We met through church and, and then had a bunch of classes together. And, uh, and then I was like, Hey, you're an amazing artist. Um, how would you feel about partnering with me on this story? That's been my lifelong passion project, which at that point had not been that long. And, 
And that's kind of how it all, that's kind of how it all started. So Robert and I have been working on it since then. And, and um, just on the side, you know, cause we both had, Robert's been a, a full-time comic book artist for several different titles over the years. And so it's hard to squeeze in this side project that's not paying yet. Right. Um, so that's kind of been the, the process of us just develop, you know, developing this story, developing the characters and getting the artwork done, you know, bit by bit, and then finally getting to a point where we could launch it. So, so we're grateful that we're finally at the point where six issues are out now. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. You mentioned this earlier, but Robert, you've been on art duties for a bunch of issues here, but you're passing it over to Carolyn, uh, Caroline, right. Carolyn, which... <laughs> Caroline, Caroline. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, talk a little bit about putting that aside and Caroline, talk about your take on it, uh, how it feels coming in for these new issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'd be happy to. So yeah, as Quinn mentioned, when I, came on um i was kind of just coming out of school and um i runestone's one of these interesting uh, kind of life of an artist type stories like a lot of people who are starting indie comics you don't know when to put something out because you want it to be your best work but at the same time you're you're just getting your feet wet and so a lot of people are hesitant to publish something because they don't know if they're good enough yet uh and you you want your work to be your best work and so I think it's very interesting. The first four issues show some of my work kind of earlier on. Uh, by the time we actually wrapped issue four, though, uh, that was done, like we finished that, well, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something like that by the time it was actually done. So there's this giant double page spread on the end of issue four um, that I think is more indicative of some of the work that I do now. Um, and then as uh, I've come down and I'm actually a professor at the Savannah College of Art and Design, now, so I, so I'm there teaching where we had met, and, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. I, where we met originally, and where Caroline actually graduated as well, just just not, yeah, oh, so wow. Caroline was, wow. yeah. So, Caroline was <laughs> oh, sorry, Robert, you're the professor of sick action figures, just based on your wall behind you. I know, yeah. This, that's just one wall of my studio. You don't believe oh, me. Man. I'm certain yeah. this isn't the only wall of action exactly. figures. Exactly. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. But so, the uh, I know, usually it's in my office at school. It's even, it's awesome. Wow. So, the, um, well, at any rate, sorry, we got sidetracked. So <laughs> while so while I'm, I'm teaching there, um, we I you know I finish up those four issues, and we're really excited that that was able to get launched. You know, fulfill the the old Kickstarter we had. That's all done, and then we we definitely want to get the next arc out. It's really the first giant story is twelve issues, and so the next kind of volume, the next arc of this twelve issue story is issues five through eight. And so Naomi Sky is the kind of next artist of issues five through eight. And she was a student that I had at SCAD. And I was like, she would be perfect for this. And, and so we got awesome. Naomi on. She's fantastic. And she's basically wrapping up the last couple pages of issue eight. So we have that basically all done. The artwork's basically wrapped on that. And uh, so we're going to be launching that next volume uh, here very soon. Um, and so since we know that that's already basically done, then we knew we were going to need to get started on the next arc following that. So issues nine through 12. Uh, so Naomi had to kind of move on with other projects that she's working on. And so we were looking for a new artist. Well, I had had Caroline in class <laughs> uh, the previous fall and she had graduated and Quinn was looking through, we were looking for a new artist and Quinn was looking through people that I had followed on Instagram. 
And of course, Caroline was phenomenal in my classes. And he's like, hey, who's this uh, Caroline Shuda? And I was like, Caroline, yes, that's right. She's in my class, she's amazing. And so um, so then he had kind of went through her work and was like, well, would we consider her for the book? I was like, yeah, of course. And anyway, so Caroline, if you want to take it away, yeah. So what's been your experience kind of so far getting started? Um, well, for me, it's been kind of just like trying to get my feet in like so many different doors right now since I graduated. Um, right. I just know that I love. Oh no, uh, what does she love? Just like my passion. <laughs> um, so I work at Claire's, I manage a Claire's, uh, and Quinn reached out to <laughs> yes. me after like a, after I was doing like a traumatic baby piercing and I looked at my phone <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I think I just got a like job offer. And then um, he was like, yeah, if you'd want to like do a video call with me um, and we can talk about like the details. Basically I got on the video call and he was like, will you be my artist? And I was like, uh... I was like, I was expecting, I was like, I was expecting like an interviewer being like, Oh yeah, I have other candidates, like blah blah blah. But basically, it was just like, I like your art. I think no. you'd be really good at illustrating this story. And I was like, What did I do to deserve this? Like, I made it like, but, I think uh, the answer is um, survive the traumatic baby piece. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have so many say, questions. Yeah, yeah, I got my ass beat by a two-year-old yesterday at the Claire's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still recovering. I had like an anxiety induced hot flash after it. Oh, I was no. like, and for what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Listen, Honestly, I don't, don't want to. Maybe it doesn't need a pierced. Uh, yeah. no. I don't want to step on your anything. new artist or anything like this, but I feel like you have a indie top shelf style comic about you working at the Claire's. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. That would be really good. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, just... I would love to know, though, so you're coming in as the third artist on this project. Mm -hmm. What is that like? How much can you take those previous designs and sort of augment them to your style versus working in somebody else's style? And I guess for both of you, as you're the shepherds of this project, mm -hmm. what are your directives there as well? Do you want to start, so, Caroline? Or... Yeah. Well, sure. I, think, I think if you don't mind, Caroline, just real quick, I think when... When I initially designed the characters or took even Quinn's vision here, I have at least a general enough kind of mainstream style, like just a Western culture, American comics, kind of general mainstream style that it's it's not like crazy hyper detailed, but general enough that I would say it'd be just like anybody else coming on to uh, whatever, an X-Men book, a Spider-Man book. I mean, you're just going to take that style and then do your version of it and the characters themselves uh, luckily are kind of recognizable enough that you're not gonna, unless you come at it like a crazy wacky style, they're not gonna be indecipherable. And that's something I actually really like about it. Um, out of necessity, when I was drawing the first issue, uh, that's when I was simultaneously juggling like Marvel work. I was, I was drawing whatever, like Spider-Man and X-Men and Fantastic Four and stuff for them. And I was trying to fit this in as best as I could. And I realized I, I was just not going to get it done. So we hired uh, two or three different artists to do finishes over my layouts. And you can see that in the book. I mean, you can see a slight stylistic change through issues two and three. And then by the time issue four came around, I was like, I really want to do this, though. I want to bookend the first volume, at least with my work mm. from issue one and issue four. So I did all of issue four. And then um, 
but again, I was just at this point, you know, I was teaching full time and I was like, well, I just can't, it was already hard enough to get issues one through four done with me working full time, either doing comics and other things. So uh, we then brought in Naomi and I was like, we've already had so many artists involved that I, I kind of came to the realization. This is very much like any other mainstream comic. You have a rotation of regular artists. Yeah. And it's not like you all of a sudden lose who these characters are. I mean, there's been dozens of artists on these titles over the years. And it's not like you forget you know, who Hellboy is or who, you know, who these characters are. And so I'm not too worried about that. Um, and it, w instead, what I love is that each new artist comes in and we, what we've been doing is thinking about this arc, for example, the second arc really dives into the characters and uh, who they are at heart and what makes each one of them so different and what is their motives. And um, just, I don't know, just the, the what builds empathy between them and the reader. Mm. And Naomi is phenomenal at just character expressions and mood and, and all of that, building that atmosphere. And then this, uh, this third arc uh, is just like this big kind of epic ending. And we needed somebody with energy, somebody that just had like a new fresh style and had a lot of energy to their work. And then that's just really what stood out for Caroline. And so somebody who had enough of a mainstream style that kind of fit the mold of what we were already doing, but then added that energy to it. And so that's what really stood out to us for Caroline. I, I have some comments too, but did you have some, do you, I'll let you talk first, Caroline, and share your thoughts on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, as far as like um, the process of having read everything that um, they've completed and just like going back and forth and using it to reference and kind of growing like my attachments to certain characters. I just find it really exciting to see what I can do like with my art style and this story, but then also like hearing how much it means to Quinn and like how deep it runs for both Robert and Quinn. Like, I just feel like it's kind of an honor to be able to have the opportunity to like make their dream come to life. Um, and then just as a little, just as a little aside, um, the character Jenny, um, basically she looks like me and she acts like me. So I'm really excited to give her, I'm really excited to give her new outfits. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm that's that motivation. To, yeah, I'm excited to dress her. I'm excited to give her some clothes. Oh, oh yeah. There she is. Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically her. Right <laughs> I love you're both like wearing tank tops. Like, like that's, yeah, a, that's pretty, pretty much really she's dressed exactly like her. Right? That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, and that was funny because like, and Jenny's one of my favorite favorite characters. To I mean, just because she's so fun to write, and um, she's such a fun, fun character with some really fun humor and one-liners and a snarky attitude. And so, and um, and yeah, like in Caroline, it was funny because one of the reasons that we hired Caroline is in addition to her being like an incredibly awesome artist um, and having just beautiful character designs was, and this is actually something that's really you know, as I'm sure you know from all the people you've met and worked with. And guests you've had on but um you know not only does do the people you work with have to be talented you know and, and make your stuff look good but they have to be people that you really enjoy working with i mean you have to be able to work yeah. well together and have fun together and so basically caroline and her and her two uh i'm gonna hopefully not embarrass you caroline but she's one of three <laughs> sisters that are all incredibly awesome artists and all graduated <laughs> at the same time and i've become like best friends with all of them <laughs> since, <laughs> since I met Caroline. And um, 
and so we talk all the time and we just joke with each other all the time and, and so it's really really fun and uh but yeah like like not too long after we started talking and we're working together on this uh caroline had a picture of herself working at claire's i think where you had glasses and like your your red hair and and the pigtails and i was like oh my gosh you're yep. like you're jenny you know like you're <laughs> and that was actually one of the things that we talked to naomi about too because because and you know we when we love everything naomi has done in the book too but that was one thing I, I was like i was like i am not a fashion conscious person as you can probably tell um and I was like i was like any ideas you have for changing up their outfits and keeping them fresh and and just something that would fit still with the five main characters with their personalities um, but, but stuff you want to try out for that, you know, it would be awesome. And she did that and it, which has been awesome. And so then we told Caroline the same thing, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like let's, we, that, that's why we hire people who are creative and amazing to, to help kind of, um, take these things to the next level. So. So then just one more time, uh, waiting for the, uh, Caroline memoir comic triplet sisters in college <laughs> for art at the same time. <laughs> We're here for yeah. it. But um, uh, yeah. we actually haven't heard like the elevator pitch for the book. Um, yeah. If you can give that to us um, real quick, just so everyone knows. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so Elder of the Runestone is about five, it's five teenagers in high school who basically would have no reason to ever hang out with each other. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's like, there's the, the kind of, there's the religious kid who's just trying to figure out his purpose in life. And he's kind of shy. And then there's Jenny, who's really, out, you know she's really funny and snarky but she's also kind of an outcast you got dane who's a hockey player and, and he just is a he's basically a horrible he's a tool he, you just hate this guy at first but, <laughs> you know but he's this athlete who's who's um likes to bully people and then there's cat who's um really popular really pretty but also just really mean to people at least at first and then there's zenith who's he's that spooky guy that doesn't talk to people very much and does people are just like let him do his thing and who was actually closely based on a friend of mine from school, a really good friend of mine, who actually, who actually is thrilled that I, I said, this is this cool with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> he's also like a martial arts master in secret. And so that's like, you know what? That's great. So so there's these five kids that would never have hung out with each other. Um, and then through the course of the story, they find this. Uh, it's actually during a school dance. They find this maroon stone, it's this glowing stone with all this strange writing on it and something it gives them abilities. Uh, four of them, it gives four of them abilities and suddenly they've got these amazing superhuman abilities and they kind of are forced to pull together to as a support group in a way, but also as just a way to like figure out what happened to us, you know, why do we have these powers and then they very quickly find out that what happened to them is linked to this new really, really scary, scary bad guy who's who's linked to what happened to them and, and so the story you kind of get that mystery and, and then he's like more powerful than all of them and He's called the monolith and he's a really bad guy. <laughs> he's a really bad, scary dude. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's a lot of like action. It's a lot of, I like a mixed in horror elements. There's, you know, all the stuff that I like from horror mixed in, you know, there's all the martial arts. There's a lot of exploration of dreams and nightmares and what they could possibly mean. You know, are they more than that? And then there's martial arts and basically a drama and or basically everything I've ever wanted in a comic book we we put into this yeah. story. So, um, but that was a big thing too, like like what Robert was saying with when we specifically, you know, when we hired Naomi and, and now Caroline, that was one of the things that we really, really were excited about them bringing to the characters was really as we dig really deep into the kind of the personal lives of these characters and their their family lives, which you don't see very much of it for the first few issues. And you kind of see why they are the way they are and some of the things that they deal with. Um, 
we were really excited about them really capturing the the emotion and and you know angst and 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 the romance when some of that starts happening and so and they've just they've just killed it on that and it's been really awesome so that's great and it is a super fun book i just wanted to mention i feel like uh, we haven't really talked about this yet, but it feels like it's at least slightly influenced by Top Cow books. And I say that in the best way, like it oh. has sort of that amalgamation of those sort of like very classic 90s books to me. Is that oh. something you look towards at all? Not for me, because I, I, I mean, I don't know what you have. I'll, well, I'll just answer this real quick. And then, Robert, it sounds like you actually have yeah. something pertinent to say. But, um, <laughs> but I know for me, like I'm a I'm a huge, huge, huge Ninja Turtles fan. Hell yeah! And so the, and <laughs> yeah the, and the first published uh, comic book that I ever wrote was for the the Mirage Ninja Turtles series, so oh. it was like a dream come true right off the bat to start off uh, my career. Yes. But I loved, like th that was a huge. The Mirage Ninja Turtles series was a huge, huge influence on me because they had all this awesome action, but they also, but I mean, for as for as ridiculous as as the idea of ninja turtles is they the characters became very distinct and very deep and and uh yeah. and uh you know which which is so the story really has a lot of heart and so that was a big big influence on kind of how i approach writing for elders of the runestone and so that's for me what were you going to say robert oh just that <laughs> the very first comic book i ever bought i think was cyber force number one <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, that's yeah. feels like maybe you were around at the same time, Robert. Because yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah. Like that image, that first image hall <laughs> was such a big deal yeah, um, no, as yeah. a comic book reader. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I, I've i gone back and I've certainly read a lot of the, you know, kind of late 80s, you know, early 90s Marvel stuff. And that influenced a lot of my work. And um, but I mean, I, that was just the time that I was getting into comics was that early 90s stuff. And so I'm so nostalgic, nostalgic for, I don't know, just all that 90s image comics, like Cyber Force and Wildcats and, and Savage Dragon Spawn, all that stuff. So it's like, I just grew up on that, man. I just, oh. so I mean, I, I it's, even though I'm not like trying to draw like any of that stuff, necessarily, I just, it, it's in, embedded into the way that the aesthetic of what the way I look at storytelling. So I think inevitably it's going to be a part of it, I think. Nice. Uh, well, before I, I let you go, we should probably mention at least as we're taping this, and I believe tomorrow on August 31st, you have a half off digital yes. sale. Is Ooh, that right? Nice. Yeah, we actually were. Yeah. We thought, well, let, if we're going to be on this show um, with your millions of fans, we, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, heck yeah. I don't know who yeah. gave you those numbers, but I appreciate it. Plus or minus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is why we do not accountants because we're just not good at some of the other stuff. But um, yeah, but but we thought, hey, let's go ahead and do a, a big um, and, and kind of the approach we've done with releasing the comic is we do have a printed the printed volume of issues one, two, three, and four, which is collected book one. Who are you? Is basically what it's called. Um, so that's available on our website, and then, um, and then as other and, and through Amazon, yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon, and but that's all you can get to all that through our website, and then we also have digital yeah. digital versions of one, two, three, four, five, and six, um, and then eventually we'll collect five through eight as a, another printed collected volume. You can get that way, or you can get the collected digital uh, available as well, and that's kind of how we've done it because printing comics is really expensive, especially when you're yeah. just starting out like we are. So that's kind of been our model. Um, so yeah, so right now for today and tomorrow, so August 30th and 31st, um, all the digital comics we have on runestonecomic.com, if you use the discount code uh, half off digital, one word, 
um, yeah, it'll be 50% off and we're hoping to reach a lot more people that way and help a lot more people to enjoy the story. So awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, folks, thank you so much for coming on Quinn, Robert, congratulations on the book, Caroline, looking forward to your memoir. What you do with the book, Caroline. Yes. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Take care thank of yourself. You. Okay. Everybody later. Aww. That sounds there awesome, man. Yes, very cool, very cool book. Definitely check it out. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.io podcast or check for the StartupRad.io internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.io skill as well. And folks, we are going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question over on Crowdcast or in the comments over on YouTube. But first, what's, why don't, why don't we talk it? about what we're drinking? Uh, and we should probably talk about what this week's official drink is. As everybody well, knows, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullies, Stray Bullies, I like to call him, always curates a drink for oh. us this week, which was a little weird to me because it's the end of August, but he decided that we should do pumpkin beers don't be a dick it don't be an very asshole. strange that he asked for no that. that's not what he did so i <laughs> listen he yeah a, what's up he's what's been up? doing this curated I... like using this Gotham yes book, which of like, course which which p you've been following to the letter shut the fuck up when i'm every talking. week shut even up. even when hey. he designed a drink for you you, you your, did it you got your you turn. did it you got your turn Sure, he go ahead. does all this work for us, and then you were just like, you know what? I like pumpkin beer because pumpkin <laughs> beer's out now. So I bought pumpkin beer, and you're the only person in the world who enjoys pumpkin beer. So that's first of all, that's that. a wonderful impersonation of me. I just want oh, to say that, you. Pete. So I've thank you. That hard really sounded it. like me. Second of all, when uh, just real quick, he made that Pete Palmer that he designed based on ingredients you had around in the house. Uh, how was that? Delicious. Oh, really? Look, what's in that, real quick? What are the ingredients? It looked, real quick? It's vodka uh-huh. and soda and uh-huh. lemon. Mm, nope. <laughs> Close uh, enough. Yes. Alex yeah. incepted our chef <laughs> to make pumpkin beer the drink of the day. And I'll tell you what, I didn't do it. And yeah! why. Because... Pumpkin beer is gross. It tastes yeah! like someone coughs a spice rack into your mouth, which I, <laughs> on the record is saying. And um, it's also it's a little early for the pumpkin beer. Yes, it's definitely early for the pumpkin beer. I will say uh, my neighbors and I trade beers back and forth. They saw it. It was at the supermarket and got me a pack of pumpkin beer. So of that's why and I that's it. nice. You know, here's here's the worst part. Actually, I'll now sell myself down the river. So they got me a pack and I was like, oh, that's very nice. But it is far too early for pumpkin beer. And then I went to the supermarket and I was like, oh, hell yeah, they have nitro pumpkin beers. Gonna get that and drink that tonight. What does that mean? You truly are pumpkin. Yes, but I did go back to the original one because I wanted to show it off. My yearly urging, if you do not like pumpkin beers, get Southern Tier Pumpkin 
I will say it is the one actually delicious, good pumpkin beer. I will say If that. you do want to do this, I agree with Alex. Pumpkin is actually good. Southern Tier is a great brewery, and they don't it, they they're not as crazy on the sweetness and the nonsense. But I I do agree with Justin that if you're thinking like, oh, I'd like to try this pumpkin, how do I do it? Get your friend to cough into your mouth uh, a spice rack, and then you'll be rack. like, ah, I know how it tastes. There you go. What are you guys yeah. drinking then, Pete? What are you drinking? Ah, well, I am still raiding my brother's fridge. And, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, you're, you I just made fun of me for 10 minutes moon. and you're drinking a fucking blue moon? It, well, it is very it is very funny that, that, that you get, that Pete, you just shit on Alex so hard and you're literally drinking a beer you found. Uh, <laughs> that, a beer you found of- that's one of the worst beers. Yeah, I don't know about uh, that. I've had worse beers than that. Sure, but it's very yeah. bad. Like a warm <laughs> Milwaukee's best that you yeah. are passing around as a twelve-year-old. Uh, shout out to Stray Bullet in the comments. Um, uh, it's what Tim Burton's farts smell like. Shout out to that because I agree with that. Um, I just finished a lovely Manhattan, and now I'm cracking open a great Labatt Blue Pilsner of oh, nice. New York, baby. Blue, bro. Open in the blue. Nice. All right. Why don't we go to some questions here? We got a tie-in from Ben the Border Collie says, "What's wrong with pumpkin for loco?" Well, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. for loco is what's wrong with it. And well, there's also nothing wrong with that. You're taking two horrible things and mixing them together, hoping maybe they'll cancel each other out. Maybe it's like saying, "What's wrong with drinking Clorox?" And nothing. You can't blame Clorox for. <laughs> but if you choose to drink pumpkin for loco. You are messy with your life. You're messy. And that's right. Be messy. Be messy. But if you're like, I'm dr- I drink Four loco. A, questions. Second, if you're like, it's, I want to drink a seasonal Four loco. I'm like, pumpkin? You want to drink pumpkin Four loco? That's correct. That is, that is true wild behavior. Oh, my God. Uh, we got this from Sh- Stray Bullet says, this is based off comments in the comments. We all remember Six Degrees from Kevin Bacon. Is it possible to do an updated version with Six Degrees from Keanu? Uh, hmm. This is... Let's think. I mean, he has been in some movies with large casts mm-hmm. as well. Like he, like John Wick, hard to connect, right? Hard to connect to John Wick. Yeah, um, with other because there's not a lot of other stars in it, but he's done movies with. You got a Sandra Bullock connection, obviously the Lake yeah. House. Sandra Bullock. Uh, I will say though, John Wick. You got Ian McShane. <laughs> Ian McShane, yep. who was in Game of Thrones, that connects you to literally every person who lives in England. Uh huh. That's true. Yep. Uh, American Gods as well, which gets mm-hmm. you um, and Carn or uh, uh, not Carnival, the uh, Western show. Uh, st- Deadwood, which yep. gets you a lot of other. Uh, there you go. So maybe fun. it's six degrees of Ian McShane, the most prolific yeah. actor of our time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes, it is possible. All right. That. This is from Derek Mainhart. Uh, do you know the actor Kevin Bacon, Pete? Have you heard of him? Yes. Yeah, There's yeah, this yeah. game people played called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played that game? 
Yes, I have. Yes. Okay, we're doing that, but with Keanu Reeves. But we moved on, so it doesn't matter. This is from Derek Maynard. I started listening to the podcast during the pandemic, so I'm only familiar with the online version of the show. What's the thing you miss most about doing the show live at the pit? And what's the thing you miss Uh, the least? Great question. Uh, The thing I miss the most is I. uh, everybody loved pumpkin beer back when we were doing the show live, and I, I never got made fun of for it. Oh wow, that's so topical. Uh, why don't you? No, think it's just about the it audience bit. is too far away to see answer. our drinks, <laughs> so we didn't talk about it. We used to do it across uh, a football field. And to be fair, when we got to the bar afterward, uh, you, we made fun of you <laughs> about what you were drinking. Fair. Um, I mean, what I miss the most is like we just a, the audience behind behind the scenes. Aaron, well, Kevin, you know, like looking out in the audience and seeing. Uh, people's faces and be able to react to that live audience uh, was awesome. Um, oh, great. What's and nice about just... doing it this way is just that um, it's easier to get guests because it's they don't have to come to a physical location. That's true. Plus, you can steal beers from your brother, which would be harder to do at a free yeah, beers. Why are you mad at me for drinking uh, free beers? Not mad, just there. continuing to talk about it. Also, Blue Moon, embarrassing choice. Uh, the <laughs> Not truly that must, that must be that must truly be the last beer in the fridge, right? Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Then yeah. that's fine. Uh, but let me say, um, seeing you guys in person and uh, the behind the curtain of that is, we used to meet at the pit, especially when we first started in the show. Two full hours before we started the show, we would read comics. We would bullshit. Build we would do whatever. Show. This is before we I were even podcasting. We about... were doing a absolute no mics, just the three of us talking for hours for no reason <laughs> while we read comics. We would do the show. We would go it afterwards. It was uh, truly a blast. And I miss all of that time and uh, hang. Just hang in real life action. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, I know we keep talking about it, but we definitely will do in person at some point. We got a question here. Uh, the, on the, the wait, the least, the part I missed the least is yeah, being exactly. like, did the tech work? Did the oh are the mics God. working? So <laughs> did we record that yeah, one? after the show? The uh, uh, the mics didn't work. Yeah, I, I, mean, I will say, I mean, I I don't know about you guys. I still do I a fair Blue amount of crap prep before the show but being able to do that upstairs and then coming downstairs that's pretty nice yeah you know when i come down fully 15 minutes early for every show (laughs) i do all right this is from killy mcleod over on youtube what are your thoughts on a venom and spider-man crossover movie Mm. what do you think about i'm here here why not yeah why not it, the 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 crazy part is it's a corporate problem. There's a corporate problem there. Oh, that's uh, what at I least love a talking little. about. But um, I do think it's a fun. It, it, as far as like the fun quotient of it, like the the venom, the amount that um, everyone on the venom creative team uh, takes venom seriously, and how they like propel it into like weird and fun choices, lines up perfectly with the Spider-Man choices and the sort of like wild choices, especially the last movie, which was like wildly insane. So like, I think there's a great connection. Well, let me throw this out to you as a follow-up then, which Spider-Man, because now we have all three Spider-Mans in continuity. Would you want to see Tom Hardy's Venom go up against Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland? Tom Holland. I dare anyone to say anything else besides Tom Holland. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people say they want Andrew Garfield to do it. 
I love Andrew Garfield, and tr- the, the most emotional moment of that last Spider-Man movie was his shit, and I love it. And I think he's a great actor across the board. I just think it's such a lateral, weird move to be like, yeah, this one's with Andrew. Uh, this is another great question here from Diana Davis in the comments over at Crowdcast, which Venom? Mm-hmm. Like, So I feel like Topher Grace... <laughs> versus yeah, we've already seen the toe for Andrew Toby. Garfield is the thing that everybody wants. Give them what they want. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Topher Topher versus Hardy venom mm-hmm. venom fight. Wait, and what about uh, what's his name? Denny Rojas, who's the bar head who maybe is the new venom of the MCU. You know, maybe. you could have him, you but here's the thing. Venoms. I also don't think the MCU should do a Venom. That's a mm-hmm. weird. That that's doesn't that's not going to work. I don't. Yeah, think. I don't know if you're going to get your uh, wish there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think you have to make it happen in the current context, uh, and that's the only way to do it. All right. This is from Kevin. Following up on the theme of '80s and '90s nostalgia, what are other periods you would like to see nostalgia for in comics? Hmm. Mm. Uh, great question. I mean, the um, the Batman 66 stuff that it's been uh, around for like quite some time is fun. Uh, that's very specific. Um, otherwise, I, I do think the wild inventiveness of 70s comics matches up really well with our current culture, I think. And mm-hmm. like spinning off into more psychedelic and stranger worlds feels like be a nice refresher for both of our mainstream comic book universes yeah i mean uh, uh i would i would love a liquid television type of thing where it's kind of artistically led but also uh, gives you like a bunch of different options under one umbrella uh, we got some tied questions here on crowdcast and also youtube over on crowdcast jonathan mccool asks what is your verdict on the new game of thrones show and over on youtube nelson martinez says are you guys watching house of dragons thoughts also have you checked out the game of thrones graphic novel never checked it out and i'm curious to see how it is hmm. you guys I checked out the graphic it. novel I have we not. reviewed one or two of the issues way back in the day and i think it was fine you know, that was my yeah. overwhelming impression was like, yeah, this is fine. I'd be curious to read it as a whole and see how it mm-hmm. uh, hangs with it's. It's just interesting. Something that was a book into the show and then back into a comic book. It's sort of like is uh, that's I a think it's a direct adaptation of the comic of the comic of the book, of the show of oh, the book. Yeah, yeah of oh. the book. But, I haven't uh, gone hog wild yet. I haven't dipped my toe in the uh, house. Of well, Drag. you don't. You don't watch Game of Thrones at all. No, I don't. Can you just jump in though on the hog, or do you got to go back and go Game of Thrones before you hog? on the on the hog? What no, the talking? fans. House it's House of, of the Dragon. It's House of the Dragon. People call hot. it hot, hot D. So, Pete, oh, yeah, what you yeah. want to say is, can you just hop on that hot D? Yeah, hot the uh, hop on it. Yeah, you Pete, you can hop on that hot D anytime you want. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate anytime. You Grab a blue me... moon, go go hog wild on that hot D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, a uh, great pull quote for the eventual. Uh, I mean, Pete's tombstone. Why not? I already talked about it. Uh, <laughs> pull quotes. That's what uh, we were talking about. Your oh tombstone. God, I can't believe 
Pete died. What's the uh, pull quote for his tombstone? <laughs> I mean, I would. It should be a quote. It should be a quote from whatever Pete is most known for saying, which would be "fuck you too." <laughs> really, I feel like his tombstone would say, "That's but that is good." At this point, oh, yeah. or it that... was worth it for the art alone. Yeah, that would be great on a tombstone. Wait, walk past by. Like, wow, he must have really appreciated. Um, <laughs> This guy's an art lover over here. <laughs> so to answer your question, though, about the graphic novel, we, we reviewed a couple of issues back in the day. I thought it was fine. In terms of House of the Dragon, though, Justin, two episodes in, how are you feeling? I'm loving. I like. Yeah. I feel like a uh, strong start for this. I feel like I like that they are they are not beholden to what happened before. They do some uh, some nods at the top of the first episode, which I thought were well done. Little too much use of the word "song of ice and fire," perhaps at the end of the first episode, but okay. Um, but I think the characters are really, uh, really interesting. The it's intense. It, it feels like the more intense seasons and episodes of the original Game of Thrones in a good way. Um, and Alex, I know we, you were both on board with this using the same theme song. No notes. So great. <laughs> uh, I just had some questions. Um, yes. Was it as shitty of a start would you say because that first episode of game of thrones we all know that king no you should up. check it out it's like uh it's like the ted lasso of the game i of didn't thrones get franchise. to finish my question you were you're asking you were upset about brand being pushed out the window i've already explained yeah. to thrown you out the window, motherfucker he wasn't like pushed it was he was pushed yeah he was pushed out of the window you, he was thrown out thrown he was pushed out of the window but he was thrown he was thrown out he was thrown yes i I have told you several times on this podcast that that is the worst thing that happens in the entire run of Game of Thrones. It's all uphill from there over the course of six That's seasons. That's true. I've tried to watch to a finale that everybody unequivocally loved. So you should definitely check that out. Uh, but House it, of the Dragon is even better. It's like watching a ray of sunshine just uh, coming down. My question being, yes. is it a better start to a TV show? Is there... If can I watch it and not? Is there any Pete moments where I would be like, "Fuck this whole show"? Or do you think it's yeah, okay? Like, so I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Pete, but you're right. You can't watch this show. Okay. <laughs> if you if if that if Brand falling out the window and he what did that fall, motherfuckers? What do you don't put that on the kid? If Bran trips on a banana peel, oh slips, my. goes and falls out the window like he does in the first episode, oh as we all know, you're not going to like House of the Dragon. Okay. Um, I think it is intense. It may be because I found it very intense the first episode and was like sort of scared for a while. Um, oh, wow. I think, Pete, it is strong for you. So uh, if you do want to get on board, just be careful. But yeah. I think it's great and I'm going to watch all of it. Yes, I love it as well. I can't believe how much I loved it. I know I've mentioned before, but I've watched the first six episodes. The third one is my favorite. Like that was the one that completely sold me on the show and i was like oh i'm in let's let's go this is great i think it's just really just well structured some incredible big moments happen um there's some things that i think are going to be very controversial as they go as you might expect but um i don't know i didn't think i would be so excited to have thrones back as is i it, am but it's is great it still like pro incest and stuff you're like not that? going to want to watch it be okay yeah. It's yes. Pro incest. It's, it's never pro incest. pretty pro incest. The there was an uncle and a niece that they're kind of in love, and everybody's shipping them and wants them to get together. But it's not like it's pro incest. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. 
this is from Killy McLeod says, is it true they're making another Archie comic show? The answer to that is maybe maybe, maybe? Uh, i know a while ago they said robert roberto aguirre sacasso was developing something i don't think anything is happening with that frankly but there is a indian movie of i think it's just called the archies that is coming out on netflix and i think they're going to release that internationally as well so that's not a show but that is another take on archie comics that is coming out at some point mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if there's anything coming out of from the Archie world before Riverdale ends. And then I would bet there would be a period of like a year at the very least after where there wouldn't what? be anything. Well, there You've is. Got to wait a whole year? I'm completely blanking on the name of the character, but there's it's a Sabrina. Asian kid detective character who is completely new, going to be introduced in Archie Comics later this year, who is being developed into a show on the CW, but with everything going on behind the scenes of the CW, who knows if it'll actually happen. I'm very doubtful of it. Also, it's not connected to Riverdale or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or anything like that. It's an entirely separate thing. And let's just shout out in general, TV's fucked up right now. TV's a little... (laughs) There's a lot of chaos going on in TV right now, and I think um, there's the glut of COVID and all the shows coming out in the last year, six months, we're going to keep riding that wave and there's going to be a weird period where it's like the TV's going to be weird and then it'll fix itself. But we're in a weird part coming up, I think. Oh man. Uh, we got a question from Diana Davis here. Have you guys been watching reservation dogs? Hells Either... yeah. Yeah. Pete, you such, want to talk about it. It's such a great show. Love great the show. new season. I love where they're putting the characters. Uh, it was tough, you know, cause they kind of, uh, you know, they had their own little journeys. So we have some characters in separate places, but man, it is just such a well-written show. Uh, love all, all the different characters they have and the way they interact. It's got such a kind of, uh, cool feel to it and a great rhythm and just, uh, so well-produced and made amazing music. Uh, just, uh, just, I can't say enough great things about it. It's one of my favorite shows. Not a lot of great comedies out there right now, and that is one of them. And last but not least is from Ben the Border Collie. I may have missed it. What's the story about Pete's brother's fridge? Great it's question. right there, and um, he doesn't... Oh, wow. Everybody be cool. He doesn't know I'm <laughs> taking his beers, but... Uh, We've been doing this. You've been, at your brothers. You've been at your brothers for what? A month, six weeks now. A month, he, yeah. He he knows. <laughs> he knows. You think he notices? Yeah, possibly. All right, and that is it for your audience questions. Woo-hoo! Now we're going to move to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete the Page. All right. Is uh, do we have somebody, or are we looking for a first-hand up person? Yes, whoever would like to do trivia for $25, Midtown Comics, just say hey or me or anything like that. Raise your hand either in the comments. Ooh, we have It's Comics. We'll do it in chat over here on Crowdcast. All right, there we go. We got a contestant. Pete, you ready? And I'm sorry, again, I blew up your spot. The the third answers are all going to be about the late, great Mikhail Gorbachev. Presumably, how do you feel movie. about this bit that you're doing and that you keep doing? You feeling good very about good. it? Oh, very good. Oh, great, great. I'm glad one of us does. All right. So today's trivia. Are you a big fan, Pete? 
I'm here for it. I don't <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at. Okay, today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend David Warner, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before you make your selection. Okay, it's it's comics. Here we go. Question number one. Coming out in October, it's Chilling Adventures of Blank. And the hint is there will be justice for those who are cruel to animals. So it's Chilling Adventures of Blank. Is it A, Sabrina, B, Salem, or C, Shonda Far? So it's either going to be A, or it's going to be B. A makes a lot of sense, though, Pete. Well, uh, that's already out. You know what I mean? So why would that be coming out in October? B is correct, it's comics. Hmm. And I just want to say D is Werner Herzog. All right, go ahead. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Uh, Kevin, cool story. I'd like to hear more. All right, here we go. Uh, Question number two. Amazing Fantasy number 1000 is celebrating 60 years of blank. Is it A, Spider-Man, B, Small Biabodi, or is it C, Paul Giamatti? Or is it D, Margaret Thatcher? Huh, interesting. <laughs> interesting that we keep getting D's in here when... Trying to throw some D's in. That's yeah, a great exactly. spot for us to be a part of trivia, Pete, the D's. Yeah. yeah. Pete, you said you wanted to jump on that hot D, so I'm just trying to help you <laughs> out. Oh, I appreciate you adding that. Yes, it's Pete. comics. A is correct. Last question. My here man Alex go. heating up the D's. <laughs> Dark Horse, speaking of D's, Dark Horse has teamed up with Colin Bunn for what horror comic? Is it A, Shock Shack, B, Shock Shop, or is it C, Chris Christopherson? Or is it D, Ronald Reagan, or Boris Yeltsin? Your choice. Oh, wow. Uh, You you don't usually see an answer with a separate stuff Separate (laughs) stuff there. So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B. Yes, there B is correct. Is. Wow. And, Congratulations. Um, Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we will get you a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. And can you figure out what Pete's C answers add up and to? And it's actually a nod to Justin's favorite movie, the 2001 hit, Planet of the Apes. Mm. And the D answers, I don't know if you can figure out, were uh, added up to meeting Gorbachev, the series of conversations that Werner Herzog did with him. (laughs) Alex running a separate (laughs) roasting quiz underneath Pete's quiz. As we all know, comics are cool. They're coming out all the time. Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out this week? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm glad you you asked me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to Breakout number three, as well as Amazing Fantasy number 1,000. They've been working so hard. And Thunderbolts number one. Wow, that's a lot of stuff with no explanation. Go ahead, Justin. I got to give it up for for Superman War World Apocalypse number one. Oh, man. PKJ's Philip Kennedy Johnson's epic Superman story where he has really gone through it on War World. Um, to a close, at least for now, there will be ramifications, I believe. Um, this Save is some it's of the, out today. The chat, bro. Really know, fun plug. Like... Check it out. Check out the whole run. 
I'm going to bring up two things here. One, Ant-Man number two from Marvel, written by Al Ewing. We were mentioning trips through time, and this is a mm. super, super fun uh, yeah. trip through the history of Ant-Man. We'll be talking about that issue. And then the other one that I wanted to give a shout-out to was the Vampire Slayer number five from Boom Studios. Classic That's a good one. Well, we've been a little back and forth on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff, but I love what Sarah Gailey has been doing with these titles. It's super cool. I'm excited to check this issue out because I thought the last one was super super fun and we're going to be talking about all those issues and many many more on our stack podcast as well oh, as man. trouble as teased earlier wednesday 9 a.m <laughs> in the comic book club feed and also our stack feed and folks that is it for this week's show uh, thanks for yeah. joining us couple of people we need to thank here. We want to thank Rich Watkin. Check out Digital, which is on Kickstarter now for issue three. Also, Quinn Johnson, Robert Q. Atkins, and Caroline Shuda for Elders of the Runestone. You can check out a half-off digital sale, at least as we're taping for the next two days. So do that next week on the show. We're going to have two good friends of the show are going to be here. Jim Festante and James hey! Asmus are going to be here to talk about Dark Horse Comics Survival Street, a wild post-apocalyptic riff on Sesame Street that has become only more president with uh, HBO Max taking all of the stuff off. So, Apocalypse Survive. Now, I guess. Yeah. There you go. A couple of other things to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast running every Thursday talking about She-Hulk. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast also on Thursdays talking about Doom Woo-hoo. Patrol. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club. Support this show and all the shows we do. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, grab a pumpkin beer, jump on that don't hot do tea. And don't you dare! Don't, don't throw that out there. I just I'll be a Nova. I'll be a Nova. Don't.